0: Be the right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. Johnny, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most.
1: Expect anything different. Hey guys, it's Solly. Welcome back to the No Laying Up podcast. Do you see what I did there? Did you see that? Did you catch that? Solly, I have no idea. Did you get it? The Brooksy thing? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Welcome back to the No Laying Up podcast. Solly here. TC is here. Utterly confused by that intro. Totally
0: confused. I had no (laughs) idea where you were going. Big Randy is here from Denver. How are you, bud? Guys, if I was any better, uh, the cops would break down my door and haul me off to jail. Interesting. Okay, don't really know where to go to that. We got a lot to cover uh,
1: today. Uh, one of which being the U.S. Women's Open at Olympic. Watched a lot of women's golf this week. Uh, something that always stands out. A big takeaway I always have whenever I leave an LPGA tour event: how they're used to the hybrids, how many they carry, you know, what situations they use them in. Uh, we talk a lot about how the women's game is more, maybe more relatable to the amateur game. It's kind of got me thinking about a hybrid. I'm, I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about putting the driving iron away. Hybrid looks to be a little more, uh, you know, versatile. There's a lot of out, uh, hybrid options that Callaway has. The Apex Hybrid, the Apex Pro, the Big Bertha, the Maverick Standard, the Max, and the Pro. Randy, we're all jealous of your use around, of the hybrid around the green. I believe it's referred to as the 15th club.
0: Yeah, which which makes the ball retriever the new 16th club. Mm. Wow. I, I don't know if that has any effect on any USGA rules or whatnot, but...
1: TC, any you know you've just experienced the game in a whole different way from the lefty side. Any uh, any insight to how a hybrid might help? Yeah, the apex skill,
2: Apex Pro. Uh, I, in my opinion, that's the best hybrid in the game. No offset on it. It's just it's it's got the best sound of any any hybrid ever. It's a great weapon off the tee, especially you don't even have to tee it up on the tee box. Just great weapon off the tee, and I like it because I, I like I can't hit it. Like playing righty, I can't miss it left. Playing lefty, it's really, really hard to miss it right. So I kind of eliminated one side of the golf course. And uh, it's it's great for the summer conditions, too, keeping it low.
1: Visit com to learn more about their Apex or Apex Pro hybrids, the Big Bertha hybrid, or any of the Maverick hybrids. All right, let's start U.S. Women's Open. Uh, we just finished watching that. I'm a little concerned, honestly, at how much joy TC is getting out of uh, Lexi Thompson not being able to close the deal today. I can't <laughs> help it.
2: <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, I, I She's just never been... Never been a favorite of mine. Uh, I was trying
1: to think of this on the way over who I would enjoy watching that in golf and I struggle to think of a name. I really I don't think even my worst my biggest rival on the pro circuit I would wish that on like that just was deeply uncomfortable.
2: I mean if that happened to Bryson, you wouldn't enjoy that if that happened to Bryson.
1: I would enjoy it more than it happened to Lexi but and I really have no personal feelings towards Lexi either way. Uh, Bryson would be a complicated one probably. Yeah, I would probably get a little bit of joy out of that, if we're being honest. Randy,
0: did you get any joy out of that? Uh, no. No, I didn't. It, it it was just hard to watch. Yeah. Um, I'm with you. I think the it being gradual, right? You know, it it's one thing if it happens just on the last hole and it kind of sneaks up and it's over before you realize it, but man, that that uh train wreck was was happening over many holes. Um I feel bad for Lexi. I don't even know if I would wish it on Tony or Ricky. Oh my you know? God! They they seem like good guys. Um, I really needed a round yeah. the horn mute button. Like I, you know,
1: you're far away. It would be super easy to mute you. <laughs> and I think I really actually need one of those. What's the, what's the comp? What's the the collapse comp for this one? Because I got one, and I think it's pretty. Feels like Adam Scott at Lytham, right?
2: Or it's just a, it's slow motion. Yeah, slow right? bleed. Because I think when she when she stubbed the chip. On the front nine? On 11. Or, or, yeah, yeah. on 11, that was kind of like, all right, this is... Which, the more they showed that replay, the more
1: I was like, I've seen this from one of (laughs) of our team before. Oh, I felt that. I mean, it was the exact action. The right shoulder just dropping.
2: DJ calls it the... The, you know, building demolition, uh, you know, doo, 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 just your vertebrae just going out. I got a little bit of that away. going
1: on right now, so I should not make fun. But yeah, that's exactly what it looked like.
2: And then yeah. when she like she putted from way off the green, actually some pretty good putts from way off the green in a couple spots uh, and then just constantly under clubbing. Yeah. I'm like not even like, close. Like one, one and a half club short. In 17 some cases. was
1: not even remotely in the neighborhood and 18. I don't know what happened there. Exactly. I mean, it was. So, yeah, her ball striking really covered up uh, some short game weaknesses for, you know, the majority of, you know, the weekend.
2: She did putt well for the majority of the week. Right. I I mean, that was I think that was probably the story that, you know, can this last? Can this last? Yeah,
0: that was the big news uh, really Friday and then into Saturday. Sully, I think that Adam Scott comparison was was a very good one. You know, I was kind of thinking just back to Jim Furyk at Olympic. And he, you know, he didn't make a birdie on his back nine in the final round. Um, You know, just, just that slow withering away. Um yeah. Five shot leads a lot, you know. I mean, that is that is not – And it, it ended up
1: being four under to get in. So, really, she was four – in reality, four shots up on the number that needed to get in the playoff, and she didn't even
2: make the playoff. Well, the crazy part is, you know, five shots is one thing, but the re- at the simultaneous, the rest of the field is melting down. And has no momentum. It's, right. it's not like everybody's. No one's making a charge. Yeah, to you, you know, and and yeah, there were there were there were a few that. Nasa
1: uh, Hatoka birdied three of the last five to get to four under, and you could birdie two less. But
2: three. like well, well before that, probably sure. you know r- r- around 11, 12, 13, I felt like Angel was was making a run. Then she she misses that green left, falls off, and you know, just terrible lie down there. Um, Sean Sean just couldn't buy a putt down the stretch. Was 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 rolling some good ones uh megan kang like she she played she was absolutely striping the ball missed that wedge on 17 or on 16 that was probably one that she wishes she had back but you know missed a few shorties throughout the day um and then yeah and then but the fact that yuka sasso just started like that and then just stayed in the battle doubled
1: two of the first three holes hit like the closest i've ever seen to a duck slice off the third second (laughs) tee i think i mean it, it looked like a, a top tracer error, honestly, but they couldn't even get the camera ready in time for that ball to land up on the hill on the right. And, yes, yeah, she doubles two and three and, uh, and just hung in there. Only made one more bogey on the 11th, which was playing as a difficult hole. Uh, birdies, the two par fives coming in, and 19-year-old Phenom. I, I'm glad you know, I'm glad we watched the, the Lota Championship. That was the first I ever got to see of her, and I was just, like, two hands up in the air, like, whoa, that golf swing. Like, holy shit. I probably feel like I, I probably should have heard of her by now. and That's more of a me problem than anything else. But uh, I was an immediate fan, was a huge fan of the way she played the first couple of days and then just battled tough 71, 73 uh, last two days to to get in the playoff and wins it with just, she made me a little nervous on that second playoff hole. That, uh, the putt, oh my God, the, the putt she <laughs> ran by.
2: But nails on the comeback. Seriously. Yeah.
0: Even in regulation, I thought, you know, that took a few extra rolls to, to where I was like, they both you know, they, I thought NASA had a chance to win it, right. They both missed those putts on 18, her and Lexi. Yeah. It's interesting though, Solly, like Yuka, if you just looked at her score 73, like, <laughs> you know, she, it's not like she lit the world on fire, but certainly played well down the stretch uh when she had to. And, um, you know, her and Lexi obviously had that buffer and, and Yuka took, Took advantage of a little bit more uh, than Lexi did, but I, I don't know. It's it's a little weird because I think the takeaway would be like, oh my God, she played so well, and she did like the last however many holes, but uh, before that, it w- it was really rocky. She played the last fifteen and two under, and you know, Lexi. Just, it,
1: you know, you can weigh it can weigh heavily on your mind what somebody does out of the gates, right? She makes two doubles. Lexi comes out should have eagled the opening hole almost part of the second, which was really difficult, and then hit an incredible shot into five to make another birdie, and that's when the lead got really stretched out. And you almost kind of, rip, you know, yeah, like you said, you, you could, didn't make a crazy run, but just, like, stayed in it, stayed in it, and got a couple late birdies and waited for Lexi to just slowly bleed back to the
2: field. I mean, and uh, uh, Nasa got, you know, really, really bad break on 17, ball nestling down oh, yeah. in that. I mean, that was, that was like, one of the worst spots on the golf course to be
1: which we gotta talk about some of the rough around those bunkers. We'll get
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I was just gonna say NASA was so under the radar. I felt like all week, yes. you know? Like I i certainly was not she was not uh, nowhere on my radar at any point until like the back nine today. Well that's what she did at the KPMG Women's PGA at
1: Kemper Lakes that we were at in twenty eighteen. She had yeah. to find around sixty four to come out of nowhere and so you should have closed that one out and didn't but uh yeah I remember that at the time like man. I have been at this tournament all week, and I haven't seen her hit a shot. <laughs> I, I am not prepared to talk about her. I had that same feeling when it came to the podcast. I was like, I don't have any nasa takes here. I have not seen this, <laughs> and I watched l- almost every shot from this golf tournament that was on TV.
2: Huge fan of uh, Major League Baseball ballparks, Randy. Like, which is it. so cool. She was gonna. Yeah. She was gonna basically plan her whole schedule out around that her caddy. So,
0: if, if she's ever in Denver, I would love to go to a game with her. Nasa, if you're listening.
2: Um, going back, I think uh, Yuka, Randy, we saw her a little bit last year at the at the U.S. Women's Open down in Houston, and um, mm-hmm. you know we talked to Carito, who I I don't think he coaches her anymore.
0: No, he Carito was Villa uh, Villaroman. We got to talk to him. He was Bianca Pogdananen. Uh, he was her coach specifically, but I think he had, you know, growing up, it's, it's a small world a, elite, you know, Filipino golf. And so I, I think he had crossed paths certainly several times with
2: Yuka. And, but he, you know, he, he basically just said, yeah, like, she's like Bianca's awesome, but take a look at, at, um, at uh, Yuka too. Cause she's, and and, and she finished tied for 13th that week. So that was, that was kind of her first, yeah. you know, really foray into, uh, into, into, you know, big time major championship golf.
1: I, I found her super likable too. Obviously, English is not her first language, but did all of her interviews in English, even though she was clearly pretty uncomfortable with it. And you know, at the very end, just kind of said, like, as she's like sobbing after she just won a U.S. Open, like, "Yeah, sorry, I'm not very good at this." It was kind of like,
2: "Yeah, it's it's okay." <laughs> like, I thought she was great. Yeah, I, I thought it was an. Un- it was so endearing. Fantastic interview, great emotion, and um, and yeah, I mean, really like like very very good English. Yeah. Um, you know, which I think going back to language and all that, that's kind of how she got started playing golf, right? right? She, she, Her family moved to Japan when she was five or six, and she didn't speak the language in Japan, so her parents would just drop her off the driving range, and she would just hit balls all day, and that's, that's what she did. And so kind of found a haven in golf. And, um, you know, so kind of remarkable that she can – she's 19 – Get up there, speak speak English probably better than I would have in that situation. Um, does she speaks speaks six languages or three languages then? She's got to, right? Yeah, yeah. I, would,
1: I would have to imagine. I,
2: like
0: I would say at least, yeah. No, I was going to ask you guys a question going back to Lexi and how the day started. Playing in threesomes today. Megagane is, I believe, three over through three holes, right? She starts like double bogey, maybe even three over through two holes. Um, Yuka Sasso is four over through three holes. In a weird way, do you think Lexi having that big of a lead, you know, it's like the the most dangerous lead is the two-goal lead. It, or Or I, I guess I'm just asking you personally even, like, do you think she would have been better served had Yuka gotten off to a hotter start, and then it's a true match play situation
2: where you're you're I, you're I almost competing I, against somebody else versus yourself. You're more dialed in. Like exactly. the person next to you is elevating you. Yeah, I I, I it's see what still you're feel Like you, you got to go
0: get it yeah. and, and hit shots instead of just like having that. Oh my god, I got to protect this lead all of a sudden. When you started that that take, I was very out on it. By the end of it, I'm kind of <laughs> like, you know what? You're
1: probably right. Like as well as soon as something starts to go wrong, like which was the double and eleven, you have to start thinking, oh no. In which, like, to Lexi's credit, like her demeanor, she, like, they talked about it a lot, and they talked about her mental game improvements. And all that. It honestly did seem a lot better than it usually has, and she seemed to be, you know, had her head up and did not seem overly concerned when when things were going wrong. Maybe almost to her detriment, <laughs> I saw somebody tweeted something that's like she's playing. She looks like she's playing like it's a Friday in Wichita right now. Like, didn't I almost like wasn't registering for her what was happening? And yeah, I don't know. It was tough to marry that, like. You know, uh, acting super calm and and not wearing any emotion on your face, with like this is falling down around you, and and it's just really hard to watch.
2: I did, I did feel like watching her. She seemed to enjoy playing golf. Yes, because that's always been my biggest bugaboo with her, just in the past. And you know, who cares like what I think about watching her play golf? But it was just, it was always like, man, she just does not look like she's enjoying. Like this looks like a total, complete chore for her. Yes and I didn't feel like that this week which
1: I, i'm sure she owes some of that to the time she took off she skipped the women's british open a couple years ago in terms of just for exhaustion mental health and and like if you're if you're doing this since like, this was her 51st major she's 26 years old like you yeah. do that from the time you're a kid like that is gonna wear you out so maybe she I don't know. I, I, I'm kind of iffy on the you know she she after two questions she was started cr- breaking down and crying in her uh, interview afterwards and oh like some of that was the agent, agent her agent cut her too, off which
2: coincidentally it's also Bryson's agent.
1: <laughs> I, I'm I'm fifty on that. I can kind of understand like you're a professional athlete you know face the face the the truth here face the 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 media the world whatever and I'm also kind of like man if that happened to me I probably would just like want like a day to like let me. Take this in for a second, and then I'll happily answer, answer any questions anyone has.
2: I'm firmly in the old school. Maybe I'm just a dick. But that's <laughs> the old school. Hey, you know, you, you you face it in in victory and defeat. Um, you know, I give her credit for going and signing some autographs afterwards. But, you know, I, I, I don't want to put it all at her feet on that because it sounds like it was the agent stepping in. Yeah. Too. Which...
1: Yeah. yeah, it's a. I almost kind of even understand that more from the agent's perspective, though. Of like your player's like in an v- extremely vulnerable position right now, and like getting emotional and crying, like that's probably not the image she wants to put before in front of the world. But
0: yeah, I, I, that's uh, obviously a wider story right now. I, I don't know the answer to that. Yeah. I, I, I think selfishly, I'd love to hear from her, but I, I understand the other side of it too.
2: I think from a from a maybe an image standpoint. I- you know, I don't necessarily know why you wouldn't want to put that image to the world, but where it's kind of endearing and people have empathy for you and know, you know, how close you you just got and, and shared it a little bit. I know that's very vulnerable and all that, but I don't know. I mean, yeah, yeah. I don't, I'm not, I don't have the right answer for it. Right, I don't know
1: if there is one. Mega Ghana, how about that four day show? She races out to a sixty seven day one. Honestly, played pretty iffy the remaining days and made a lot of putts to stay in it. Uh, smiled her way to a 77 today. It was a tough day today, but in her interview afterwards, was all smiles and says, you know, no regrets on anything and finishes T14 and is going back to school tomorrow as a high school junior. It was, it was a fun story for everyone except TC. She was
2: fine. <laughs> her putting stroke was great. Uh, you know, Randy was like, what didn't you like? Was it, was it her gritty play or her, her very endearing press conference after the fact on Saturday? No, I just, she's very polished. She's, she's very Stanford. If that makes any sense.
0: Yeah. Right? It just which I think that makes a lot of sense. She she is she does not look, sound, act like a seventeen year old in in any sense of yes. of any word like when I just know every seventeen year old that I've ever met is, you know, brooding and moody and awkward and she is she is uh magnetic and charismatic. Um yeah, really impressive. What, I I got a question. Is she actually going to be in school tomorrow? Because I know that's a good story, but I want to see, you know, in her seat at homeroom, you know, eight o'clock or whenever that bell rings. I'm I'm going to need some proof to buy into that storyline because that's a long flight back. I mean, she to can she can fly
2: direct back into Newark though, and you know, I, I, I that's a won. red
0: eye though at this point, right? There's there's nothing oh, yeah. getting out of F- SFO.
1: I want a truant. <laughs> I want her truant. I want a mark on her record if she's not back exactly. in school. If they're going to put that in front it of us. It sounded
2: like her calculus teacher when? was chiming in on uh, Twitter and said, "Hey, like, don't worry about this project. You oh, know, it's getting of, favoritism. Got then she's not. She's it's not, a real, not a real student. Unbelievable. Not a real student.
1: Unbelievable. Let's <laughs> talk some Olympic. Before we do that, you know, you guys know this, right? You guys know what my favorite sports book is, and you know what America's favorite sports book it's the top rated sports book it's the DraftKings sportsbook. easy to navigate plenty of instructions for new bettors nearly limitless ways to get in on the action uh so i don't know if you guys caught this too they they were paying out we're going to get to rom of course they paid out the if you bet on rom this past week they paid it out as a winner how about that
2: uh, you know what i wish i would have been able to bet this week <laughs> I, I know somebody exactly. suspended for for very they're, good reason. They're really good at tracking bets. I like. I wish it was legal here in Florida, so I could track everything <laughs> through them. They would have helped me out immensely.
1: The DraftKings sportsbook is putting you courtside with a chance to turn one dollar into one hundred dollars in site credits. All you got to do is pick any basketball game, basketball team that's still in contention. Bet one dollar, and if that team wins, you win a hundred dollars in site credits. And don't forget, sportsbook, uh, DraftKings sportsbook also offers great odds and promotions on baseball, hockey, golf, and so much more all week long. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience, so... Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code NLU when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 in free credits. Bet on the basketball team of your choice to win their next game, and if they do, you'll claim $100 in free credits. That's promo code NLU. For limited time, only the DraftKings Sportsbook must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Wager paid out in site credits. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana 1-800-9 with it. That's getting too easy, man. Keep adding more qualifiers in there. I, I can I can get through all the legalese you throw my
2: way. Um, I'm excited for the basketball the next next few nights. It's gonna get good. Mm. Um, TV or Olympic first? Let's go Olympic. Okay.
1: What did you just overall? You guys were you guys played out there a couple weeks ago, um, so you might have a little bit better on the ground perspective for it. But I have some takes on it, but I want to hear what you guys think first. TC.
2: No, Randy, go ahead. Okay, lead us off, man. <laughs>
0: I I loved it. I absolutely loved it. It it checks a lot of boxes that I look for. I know everybody looks at golf courses differently, but a very cool setting, historic course, lots of history. Uh, The trees, you know, you had everything from the fog and the cold to sunshine yesterday, sunshine today. It was a stern enough test for a U.S. Open uh, in a classical sense, obviously fairways, greens, hitting it straight, avoiding the long rough, uh, which we can talk about a little bit because that's where Yuka had a bit of an advantage—was getting out of the rough. But I, I really enjoyed it. I, you know, are there better U.S. Open venues? Sure, but uh, Olympic is, you know, in that top quartile for sure for me. Um, I, I, I just really enjoy the course.
2: I, did, I don't find it a very lovable place. Right, you got all these side hill lies. It's built on the side of a hill. And I think the famous story is, uh, I think has said, like, "Yo, like you can't build a golf course over there. Like, <laughs> this is the far better land over here on the on the SFGC side of the lake." But I think the the more I paid attention to it this this time around, because I felt like in was it 2012 when they had the US yep. up in there, like it just kind of washed over me and all the holes kind of blended in a little bit together. There's some spunky par threes. There's I I do like the finishing stretch. Uh, but I just didn't love the presentation of the golf course yeah. this week. I felt like some of the cool stuff around the greens is just covered up by dense, dense rough. The bunkers are so freaking deep, and they and they the sand in there is it's great sand. It's it's it. There's not a whole lot of it, but it's you can really manipulate the ball out of the sand. But it just felt like there was no opportunity for any sort of recovery shot or any sort of artistry. It was just you know blunt force trauma yeah. in the rough.
1: One of the many things that stuck out was just the rough between these bunkers and the greens. Like, that looks like these mounds are meant to bound balls onto the green or kind of maybe serve as backstops or, you know, that some of these openings into some of these greens are so narrow that you needed a little space on either side to kind of bank a ball in. Like, the third green is what I'm thinking of, that par three. Everything's canting to the right, yet you can hit one in the left rough between the bunker and the green, and it stopped there. And it's just like that... I don't know that that is such a an interesting challenge, like to challenge a player to try to use this bank to get one down to the hole is more interesting than like, actually, the shots like kind of impossible. And you're probably gonna end up in the rough no matter what you do. That's where I kind of draw the line of like, I don't really know what we're testing right now. And over 72 holes, like, I, again, maybe I'm just exhausted from watching almost all the tournament. But like, that was just tough to just watch it be a driving contest of like, hey, hit the fairway like hit it. And if you are a foot off, like you might not, you're probably not gonna be able to hold the green, right? Because a lot of the greens are elevated and the openings are small. And there, But there were a couple holes that had like wide openings that were like, all right, if you miss the, ru- miss the fairway on this side, you can hold this green. You can run one up. You can use this slope, blah, blah, blah. And those were the shots that I found to be the most interesting. And I just, I don't know, the scale of that course just doesn't seem to fit the women's game great. It doesn't, like a lot of those uphill shots where they're coming in with no spin they had pins in the front all week, like they can't hold it close to the front of that, and that's just, I don't know. On repeat, that was that was tough. Do I think it identified the best player and champion? I do. So, what does any of that, what I said, matter? I don't know. But I think for entertainment value, I think it does. Compare that to what we saw in 2019 with Country Club of Charleston, and this was like this was the other end of the spectrum. It's not like it's not horrific. It's not a one out of ten, but it's like, do I think that that is what the future of this championship should look like for the women? I don't think so. Candidly.
2: And, and you know what I give them credit for for going there for prestige wise yes yeah
1: like and the women were excited to be there and if that's what they want to play that I'm all like I'm fine with that I just think that there are styles of play that would show off their talents a lot yeah. better than this would
2: and they've got a, so many great options out there for courses that that have kind of you know been left behind by the men's game exactly that's
1: the that's the courses that I would love to see the women focus yeah. in on rather than play the ones that the men play. I want them to like go to these places that the men probably can't play, and like embrace that, like Country Club of Charleston being Exhibit A.
2: There's a few holes out there where there's runoffs, you know, like the I think on what was that uh, fifteen over to the left there, or there's another one, like one of the par fours on the on nine the, has a good runoff to the left. Yeah, and, but but it's like those are too f- few and far between, and they're the exception, not the rule, exactly. on that course. I think something else too is just this goes into the TV stuff, but they did a better job of it today with more handhelds from the fairway and everything. But like when they're when they're from the tower, you can't all the all the elevation change and the cant of the fairways really gets washed out, especially on you know 16, 17, 18 there where you know it looks a lot flatter than it really is. Um, I I love the finishing stretch. I think that 15 through 18 is is. Just a phenomenal, exceptional finishing stretch,
1: Randy. I threw a lot out there. Anything you want to reply to?
0: Well, I would. I would just say, you know, as as you were going through and talking about it, like I, your complaints, I don't think are female specific, if that makes sense. Because I, I think you would complain about the same things when the men come here. Yes, right? like it's 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 you know, it, it doesn't necessarily. Um reward certain types of golf. It's just you know who can survive and hit it out of the rough and, and make some putts. So um, I you know, I, I guess what I would say is I, I I enjoy the country Club of Charleston type US opens, but I kind of like there being variety and I, I think this is Olympic represents one side of the spectrum and I think that's good every now and again. Um, I'm with you though it, it certainly doesn't need to be, like this every year. And honestly, I got really pumped seeing, you know, the next four years where the women go. Uh, Pine Needles next year will will play much different. Lancaster Country Club, Pebble Beach, Erin Hills. So you, you, there is a nice mix there with some, you know, different styles of golf course. I, I just, I happen to like, hey, let's throw in, you know, an old school plotting US Open test every now and again.
2: And, and it sounds like they're gonna announce three or four more here soon that are in that same Pebble Beach, you know, um, like, I feel like Marion would be a perfect place. Oh, to have that would be open. awesome. See, yeah. I worry
1: about Pebble already about what they'll do with the rough there. Because, like, that's, again, that's just where I'm at with, like, some of those shots just, you know, they're 150 yards out and they don't have a club that they can get on a ball that can hold a green.
2: Well, it's, it's just weird where there's no – it just didn't feel very graduated. It felt like you are you're yeah. punishing – you are punishing a – a mediocre shot, just as bad as you were punishing an awful shot. Yes, uh, I was also expecting the wind to blow a lot harder today. Yeah, that was advertised. Oh, yeah, I life. know we got some reports. Yeah, we we got some bad reports there. But you know, I mean, everybody says, you know, San Francisco. Hey, this is this is a this is a typical winter day in San Francisco. Winter in the middle of the summer, right? If you don't it like the weather. Never
0: fails. Just wait. Five yeah, minutes. wait 15 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> It never fails to blow my mind how cold and miserable it can get in San Francisco in June and July. Even it's, when it's like it's a sunny day. Unbelievable. Yeah.
2: It'll,
0: yeah. it'll get you. Television wise. Got some takes, I think.
1: I don't know if we want to start with Sunday or the whole or the whole week in general. But
0: you no, know, let me yeah, let me jump in and, and praise progress. I I thought, you know, I thought on the whole, I didn't have many complaints. I, I wanna commend USGA for Offering and I think it was I don't know who their sponsor was maybe American Express. They maybe deserve a shout out um, The feature group coverage on Thursday and Friday was new this year the online streaming feature groups, which, you know, badly needed right kind of modernizes the the women's Open, uh, so I applaud them for that. I thought Peacock was less uh, intrusive or stressful than I was anticipating. I thought I was going to have to pay for it. Um, but I didn't have to do that. And, uh, the coverage itself, golf channel, NBC, like huge ups to Rolex, uh, the commercials were not a factor. They they showed a lot of golf and I felt like I was at the event for, you know, a long time. I I spent a lot of time at the event as a viewer, which I like.
2: I switched over to the, PGA Tour oh, for like ten minutes That'll at one point it. and went immediately Barbara. back. Yeah, yeah, oh, oh, yeah. Jack and Jack was in the booth and all that. <laughs> was, like that, it was it, it. It legitimately felt like they were they were covering a sporting event yeah. at the U.S. Women's Open instead of just just showing a golf tournament as a vehicle by which to show ads against.
1: I I agree with everything said. Uh, improvements across the board. Um, I. It just didn't feel like NBC's best foot forward, you know? It It didn't seem like there was a lot of experience and, like, committed commentary on the broadcast. Oh, for sure. It, uh, I know—I understand why, and I want to give them a somewhat of a pass, knowing that they took this contract over from Fox, which, like, I don't want to give NBC the credit for no commercials because Fox signed this deal, which ended up being a very bad deal, which is why it's the only, like, series of events we get that are commercial-free. NBC took it over for 30 cents on the dollar and is stuck with the same contract and that they can't run commercials during it now. Uh, But it just, you know, and they've got, listen, they've got PGA tour, you know, golf channel uh, coverage of the PGA tour going on right now. They got champions tour. They got tennis. I believe they have gymnastics. They had the Belmont, right? Was that this week? They had something on Saturday Mm -hmm. that that preempt, you know, made the, the coverage go to golf channel so we're stuck with very limited windows where they're on NBC. They moved tee times up on Sunday, played them in threes in the final round of a major to fit them in. Which sucks. It sucks. If you're going to have a, a major Truly, on a yeah. West coast uh, and Defeats not take advantage of the prime time. Like that's what was felt weird about the, the Lexi collapse. It was like in the the heat of the day, like the, the most harsh light. Like we're used to a setting sun when there's dramatic moments in a golf tournament. And like for TV purposes, it was moved up and then moved to golf channel in the playoff for gymnastics and like i all the i do understand gymnastics did you see
2: gymnastics twitter gymnastics twitter is (laughs) mad they had their knives out man. and it's an olympic year and that's
1: nbc's thing but like hey maybe you shouldn't have all these events like if you can't do them all justice then like break up the bank here could be break you know we need some separation of uh of of church and state on some of these things because it, it if that's like kind of the what the effort's gonna be then that you know i don't think that's what the USGA would want. I don't think it's what the women want uh, out on the tour. And I just don't think it's the best thing for women's golf. I
2: think from a broadcast perspective or from a, from a broadcaster perspective, that's where it felt. And and this is no slight on Morgan Pressel, who I thought, you know, she's, she's only been doing this for a few weeks. I think like she was, I thought she was good and she had good things to add. Tough spot for
1: her to like roll off the course and like, hand like someone she probably knows really well in Lexi and like be critical of her like that she's not like a broadcaster yet you know like she's a player
2: where like Rich Lerner asked her towards the end if you know if she thought that that Lexi caved in and she kind of took umbrage or offense to it I was like yo that's exactly what happened um and then I thought Kay Cockrell added some great some great nuggets being a member there and knowing you know like that putt on 18 she called that Nasa was gonna you know blow that by but at at, like at the end of the day where's Judy Rankin? Yeah. Like she's the OG of women's golf commentary. Uh I'm sorry Tom Abbott just creeps me out a little bit. Like I I struggle with I him. I like Tom. I, I, I like Tom. I I don't know. It's just there's like the the hushed tones with him. Um
1: <laughs> it, but like uh, Karen Stupples was like where was she on the weekend? Like I, yeah. she's been great. She's been in the booth for major championships before and like she, I really enjoy her comment. I don't know. It, it's maybe nitpicking a little bit, but gosh, and maybe this is just a transition year with the Olympics, not supposed to be in this year as it is. It, it's just a kind of a perfect storm leading up into to their big summer. But I don't know. I just didn't quite seem right. This was their one chance to like capture, you know, the Memorial tournament, They're going up against the Memorial, which I know Mike Juan has you know, been on this podcast saying why that's actually a good thing for LPGA golf. I still just like don't I don't love that. I don't like making golf fans choose between two tournaments. Not everyone's flipping back between two events, and then you have it on the network TV, and then you move it over for the last playoff hole. Which, again, I it probably a millions of reasons why they did that, but like that still sucked, right? I mean, I missed the tee shots on nine. I, I didn't flip over in time.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I think it, I think it sucks too when you've got like mess with the competition. Yeah, to do this, yes. right? Just teeing off earlier in the day in threesomes off of two T's yes. as well. Like, doing that for the final round... With of, no weather, of course. ...of a men's major is, like, unheard of, right? They did it
1: 2019 Masters because of the rain but, yeah. that came. Yeah. Like, there's
0: a reason why you do this, and this was not that, and... Yeah. It, it makes it feel a little gimmicky, and, I, and I'm with you guys. I hate that. And, Sully, so I'm glad you said, like, Mike Wan, I know... Like maybe he gets a ratings, maybe they get a ratings juice by people flipping over, but I can't imagine that's very sticky, and I can't imagine that's the best way to go about it, like on a long-term strategic level. Um, that that stunk. I, yeah, I, I'm totally with you guys with that. Once I started thinking about like Simone Biles and then gymnastics, I, I guess I got a little less heated about throwing the playoff over to Golf Channel, but it's just unfortunate that you know they're in such a bind that that had to happen, but like straight up Simone Biles is incredible. So it's <laughs> like, like truly one of the greatest to do what she does in the, in the history of sport. So I, I don't know. I'm, I'm a bit torn there, I guess. Yeah. Anything else from, uh, from us women's open, we can save any
1: other nuggets maybe towards the end. If what's
2: you're a, like, what's a better, what's a better scenario being, you know, all day prime time on golf channel tonight or being, you know, being what they did today.
0: Three hours on, or I guess four hours on NBC. I know I was thinking the same thing, Tron, like a part of me would have just rather been like, okay, let's, let's keep with golf channels, send them off in twosomes. And, you know, we'll get that true prime time ending. Um, I I don't know, maybe a bit of a no win situation for, for NBC and, and golf channel and the powers that be. But I, I don't know. Trying to cram them in there, it just felt like it was being manipulated. Like you said, like it, it felt like you know the the competition was being messed with a little bit. Yeah, they don't they don't bump like uh,
1: Big Ten basketball games that go long don't end up on a different channel right at the conclusion of play. You know, yeah. like they they yeah. they put the golf the whatever the program they're preempting goes to a different channel. And it just felt felt weird doing that order. I could kind of see it. kind of see it coming. That also was like they wouldn't do that for a women's major. Like they totally wouldn't do that, right? <laughs> and they did it. So maybe they're just ready to weather the storm and stand by that decision. But
0: um I know there's a lot of PGA news that we're going to get to, but I just want to maybe shout out a couple players, a couple performances this week uh before we put a bow on the uh on the US Open. I, you know, TC, I know we got we got a lot of people we got our eyes on. Uh where do we start? But uh <laughs> for me it's it's Angel Yin. Just, yeah how freaking talented she is, right? Uh, Three rounds of eight under cumulative golf at at a U.S. Open, and then that second round, 79. She is so interesting and fun and outgoing. Sometimes I worry, like, I don't know how serious she takes her craft. Uh, That could be totally unfair, but I think just her personality gives me that type of vibe from time to time. But I really just hope she can put it all together because she's got immense, immense talent. Uh, and that was on full display this week. So I, I wanted to shout her out. I mean, what a sixth place finish with a 79 uh, in the second round.
2: Yeah, I think in an alternate world, that's that's a four shot win for her, right? Sean, yeah. uh, Shan Fang, I want to shout out the two gloves. She oh has my God. two yeah. different gloves.
1: She'd use a different glove for chipping, which maybe maybe we should look into that. us, us that are struggling with the chipping end, but I've never
0: heard of that.
2: It's kind of the same story for Brooke Henderson as 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 uh, yeah. Angel, you know.
0: Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Shot, shot
2: 78 was... in the second round. I was a little disappointed in Lee Six today. Yeah. Uh 70, si- 76 today, 73, 76 on the weekend. Definitely faded. Uh, I was expecting a little mm-hmm. bit, little bit more out of her. Uh, good to see Lucy Lee, uh, crispy
1: outfits all week floating around LPGA major fashion versus the PGA tour major fashion is like one gets way better and one gets way worse. Like take a look in the mirror guys that this is how it's done. Lucy Lee (laughs) wearing the Nike stuff. Like uh, as bad as the Nike stuff is on so many of the male players, it's equally as good on her.
0: A couple of world class players: Jin Young Ko, Arya Uh You know, a little bit whiffs of the Rory uncompetitive top ten. Um, you know, probably speaks to how good they are. Didn't didn't have their A games this week, but but we're right up there in the top ten. Our young hitter, Madeline, had a great seventy today. Shot one under, uh, finished tied for twentieth. Awesome result for her. Want to give her a shout out. TC Swedish women are coming. Maya yes. Stark, the amateur, uh, it's unbelievable what's going on over there.
2: It, it really is. There's, there's, there's a host of them. There's like, there's like half a dozen of them that are in the amateur ranks that are, that are, uh, that were prominently featured during the Augusta women or the Augusta women's amateur. Um, Randy, I know you want to talk about Nelly Cordo a little bit. You got some strong words.
0: Big disappointment there. It was, um, it was tough. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what went wrong there. Um, she I, had
1: nothing. You know. I mean, she wasn't even close on the greens, not even close off the tee. It was, I watched a good amount of her round on Thursday, and it was not close. But the round was so slow that her and uh, Jessica and Yu were like just chatting it up on tee boxes, and they weren't flashing to any other group, so the cameras just stayed there, and they had an interesting conversation on one of the tees, where it was just like talking about a Korea versus U.S. like Ryder Cup style, Solheim Cup style event. And now he's just like, yeah, I don't know if we want to get our asses beat. Like, <laughs> clear as day, caught on camera. I really enjoyed that little
2: nugget. They were roasting somebody else for being super slow, Moria right? Jutanagar.
1: They're like, I think Moria knows she's slow. And then they cut away. They actually did cut away during that part. But. That was
2: that was one of the things. Like, Lexi's slow. The, 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 the pace of play out there this weekend was, was tough. Yes. It was very tough. Yeah.
1: The, I don't know what it was that Monday or Thursday, Friday, they could not – I don't know if, what what the traffic issue was there, but it was not a great not a great showing on, on the pace play front.
2: Last thing on uh, on Olympic, I love the fact that they, they tee off on on nine instead of 10. I wonder if that. that's part
1: of the pace problem though I don't know why exactly I'd have to picture it in my head, but I hope I don't know if they, they timed that out right if they put the right balance on either side of the course but it is a little funky.
2: It's just, it's just one of those little idiosyncrasies in golf that you know always catches you off guard when they go there.
0: Guys, uh, our, the first round leader, everybody's favorite, Mel Reed, seventy eight, seventy eight this weekend. I don't know if that's, you know, that's not quite the Mackenzie Hughes, but, you know, maybe that's that's the Mel Reed, mm. the 78s. The I hate that. T-46, yeah.
1: did, did, uh, that was unfortunate.
0: I, I got to ask one more question that we absolutely would have asked for any men's major. Over-under on Yuka Sasso majors. 19 years old. you got to set the Uh, over-under if you're asking the question. Exactly. No, no, I'm going to set it, and then let's just have some wild speculation before we move on. I'll set it at... uh, you got to remember they play five a year, so let me set it at... God, this feels like a lot, but I'll set it at three
1: and a half. I will do exactly what I would do for a men's major, like I would with Rory, and (laughs) way overestimate, but... uh, I mean, heart says over,
0: brain says under.
2: <laughs> I was gonna say four, so I'll go just just over.
0: Yeah, I'm really curious how how she backs this up because it's like, what you know, wh- where where's the hole in her game if she's playing well, right? Like she's got she's got all the tools, um, and of course we say that about everybody. But I mean, hell, why not? I'll pound the over too. Let's let's you know
2: let, let's make her among the best to ever play no no pressure there. Randy last thing on the olympic front. Uh I know we talked about it a little bit on the on the pregame show today. Uh and we and I don't think we got enough burger dog content this week. Mm. Do you consider the burger I dog know. a sandwich? And do you think it's overrated?
0: I think great questions. I do think it's a sandwich and I actually do not think it's overrated. I thought it was very tasty and and it came in with a lot of hype. And those first burger dogs that you and I had TC, I I think they, they, they lived up to it for me. It's a
2: great delivery mechanism for beef, but it's
1: also just
0: a burger shaped differently.
1: Correct? (laughs) No, it tastes. Oh, absolutely. Thank you. All right. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying it's overrated. I've never had it. I'm just saying like, all right, it's a it's a hot dog shaped burger. That's all I'm. I, all I, right. I thought it was like a hot dog with beef in like a, like no. hamburger beef in the middle in, initially, but anyways. Um, all right, if if I think we could put a pin in the U.S. Women's Open, uh, let's go let's go John Rahm first. I think that's that was probably the biggest story of the week. Uh, you know, I don't really even know where to start. I wasn't really watching very closely on Saturday, but kind of flipped over. I had it going two devices going. See, Rom just pouring in birdie after birdie after birdie, uh, shoots 64. And then CBS is getting ready to go off the air. And they health officials wearing masks come up to Rom and he just like sinks into the ground, like almost slams the ground, and says, No, not again. And like CPS <laughs> just goes like quiet, like eerily quiet. And they were ready to go off the air and they stuck with it and like didn't like didn't say a word. And I want like my reaction wanted to be like, guys, like fill us in on what's going on here. After the fact, it makes a ton of sense as to why they said nothing. And I commend them for actually how they handled this. That Rom's informed that he had a uh, positive COVID test as he was in close contact with someone who had COVID, uh, which required him to be tested every day this week. Uh, The reports are that he got his first vaccination shot, shot on site this week after being exposed uh, was negative every day this week. Saturday's uh, test came back at positive at 4.20 p.m. It was tested again at 6.05. A second positive test was confirmed, uh, and that's where they greeted him coming off the 18th green to tell him that he had tested positive and would have to withdraw. And that was – it took like a year to happen, but I would say that is as close to like the nightmare COVID, you know, withdrawal situation that the tour could have – anyone on tour could imagine. The
2: only thing that would have been worse is if, is if the test would have come back, say – Beginning of the back nine on yeah, Sunday. You gotta pull him off the golf course. Right. Um yeah, just to I was watching it on mute as I was at a neighborhood barbecue, watching it on mute, and I, you know, I was thinking, oh my gosh, did is did did something happen to a family member? Or
1: based on his reaction and then no one saying anything yeah. and, and not being a rules official coming up to him, like that's an e- I I didn't go there initially, but like in hindsight, I was like, Yeah, that would have made a lot
2: of sense for that reaction. So I guess in that scenario, it's probably what happened is probably good news, you know, considering all of the, the possibilities and everything. Um, you know, it just seems a little bit, I guess we're just as a country or as a society, we're, we're kind of stuck between release patterns a little bit. Right. I
1: would definitely agree with that. It is like really tough to marry. So I'll, I'll get, let's get this in first. I don't think I feel bad for Rom. If unless there's more to the story that I don't know and that he was not vaccinated, And could have prevented this. In theory, if you are vaccinated on the PGA tour and you have over fourteen or over fourteen days since your vaccination date, you are not you are considered fully vaccinated and you are not required to be tested, even if you're exposed to somebody with COVID. And that if he would have been vaccinated, he would have been prevented from testing and would have prevented from in theory from contracting COVID. and,
2: And he knew the protocols. Yes. And you know, so it was it was black and white. Right, so it was a
1: surprise to us, but it couldn't have been a surprise to John, honestly, mm -hmm. as of that he tested positive by Saturday, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, he was tested every day that week and was exposed to somebody with COVID, so like that, and he's not vaccinated, so like that, he was shocked, of course, and and heartbroken, I'm sure, when that happened. But like he, it was especially a shock to all of us, but he knew better than anyone what that was going to mean when they came up with that 18th green.
0: Yeah, and just to put a fine point on it, he not only did he know uh, I, you know, he had to enter this contact tracing protocol on Monday. So like, you know, I'm sure it was put to him on the 31st when they figured out, you know, he had been in close contact with somebody that tested positive. Like, Hey, you can withdraw right now. But it was like, you know, if I test positive, it it almost seemed like a roll of the dice. And it just came up, you know, he he crapped out in the end. So I'm with you guys. It's like the policy itself pretty black and white i i I have a hard time like feeling awful for him but i i do have sympathy just for the larger you know being stuck with like one foot in one foot out kind of where we are as a society um i'd say largely you know not to get whatever but like if everybody just got vaccinated we this wouldn't be an issue so i don't know i guess that's where i net out
2: i also have you know i have like i'm fully vaxxed but i have Empathy for those who, if you don't, for whatever reason, don't want to get vaxxed, or You think there's there's downside risk there, and and you know you, you want to see how it plays out. You know, I get that you're and you're accepting the risk of doing that, and and I see what the PGA Tour is trying to do. Right, they're trying to incentivize um, players to get vaccinated through this policy. But you know, but so so looking at the policy just in and of itself without that context, you you'd think, all right, like. Is there any reason why why this guy can't just play by himself, play with a mask on? It's out, you know, it's it's outside, that sort of thing. But then you look at it in the totality of what they're trying to achieve through the policy. Uh, you know, and, and I bet this 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 scenario, this situation makes makes a lot of these guys, you know, probably think twice about, you know, because they're they're spending so much time on their swings or on every little detail or every little variable of their game. And this one, I mean, not not just did it did it cost Rom the one point seven million dollars that he would have won on this. He he would have gone from fifteenth in the FedEx Cup to probably top six or seven, and you know that's that's probably another million or two dollars right there at the end of the season plus performance bonuses. Um, you know, and then and on risk reward challenge, yeah, and then you know, and then and then you're getting it's such a, it's such a lose lose situation for the PGA Tour because you've got on the one hand, you know, everybody looks back to what happened at. At the PGA Championship, for instance, where you know it's just a mob of spectators run amok, full capacity, all that, and then you know, kind of going back to this, it's a little bit, you know, it's like, hey, which which way is it, right? And then and then on the flip side, you get all these all these guys, you know, the the hyper conservative, like like the Jimmy Walkers, who are basically going to like use this as their like anti-vax Waterloo. Yeah,
1: you know, yeah, it's interesting to marry with uh, how do, you, how, do you, how do i say this like things have changed in this country especially over the last like 5 months if we're talking covid cases in the us as of 5 months ago on this day 255,000 and covid cases reported on june 5th 10,437 like it is Covid's on the run, right? It's it's there's a lot of vaccinated people are contributing to that. Hopefully, everyone that's a, it's at high risk is is
2: been vaccinated. Probably less testing as well. Like it's yeah, you know, some less, of it's just yeah. less testing.
1: And so there are you know p- policies have been relaxed, right? Fans are it's just hard to marry like Rom having to withdraw with like just tons of maskless fans walking around every every week now. You know what I mean? Like there's not really actually preventative me- measures going in. I don't know maybe that's exactly the reason why he needs to withdraw now that i say that out loud but it just is i don't know i come back to like you, this was avoidable and you could have been vaccinated and i am you know this is a risk you're going to run any of the, the almost 50 percent of tour players that aren't vaccinated according to the tour uh this is the risk you run and it's amazing <laughs> somebody tweeted like yeah this is gonna this is gonna cause a big run on people on tour pros to get vaccinated i this is what's going to cause it. Like, not the last year of, like, us waiting for this vaccination. It's it's one guy finally getting popped in the most costly way that it's going to make you do it. But I don't know. That's kind of where I net out. Uh, I know – I'm sure no one out there listening to this has any COVID takes at all. So I'm sure this will be well-received by 100% right. of the population. But, like, it's it's extremely gray at a certain level, and it's extremely black and white on, like, this was preventable.
2: I, I just think – it. it- like at the, I know why they haven't, but at the end of the day, the PGA Tours protocols and policy hasn't kept up with the reality of the situation,
0: right? Well but but, but they're trying to follow I mean, they're they're following what like the C D C and and the government is saying. So I, I I you know their their hands are a little bit tied in terms of they they can't just like break away and go rogue. I I, I think that would bring much more headache than keeping this policy would.
2: But I mean it sounds like like uh on the Champions Tour there was the threat of a lawsuit from several players and they've basically dropped testing on the Champions Tour. Really? Yeah. For <laughs> so I did not hear you d- that. Yeah,
0: so. yeah. I I don't know the veracity of that but you know I, <laughs> I don't It's I just don't t-
2: know. I mean it's a total lose lose, right? It's it sucks. It's it's there's nothing like there's nothing good about it. There's nothing like it's the there's no good way around it, right?
1: There's not. And it, it, again, when I say things have changed, like the whole, a huge part, huge reasoning behind, uh, you know, why this virus needed to be taken very seriously from the beginning was that when no one was vaccinated and there was a big portion of our population and the population around the world that would be high risk if they contracted it, we needed to prevent it spreading to basically, from basically everyone to eventually reaching those people, Right. I would assume that you know, like John Rom himself, is not high risk for this virus, and the risk of him spreading it to somebody that is high risk is hopefully much less, considering all the vaccinations.
2: That's where I'm at. It's like, hey, we've caught like you know, the the high risk population has been
1: has had plenty of time to get vaccinated. And again, maybe there's other reasons you know why that they they can't get vaccinated. But you're probably you're gonna have to live with this for reality or for eternity, really. Uh, into the future, but I don't know. It, it's it's a perfect lightning rod at a time where it kind of felt like we were on the other side of this, and um, and yeah, it's it's it was a wild wild sequence of events. I was not in any way clamoring for special treatment for Rom from the tour. I think the tour had no responsibility to let him go play by himself or send him out first or let him play with a mask. I think the the rule was the rule when the week started, and you can't change that midweek. Like that would have been that would have been. You know, unfair, really.
2: I think they took a little bit of unfair flack from people f- for saying, "Hey, why did you do this behind the 18th green?" Well, they're not going to let him go go into scoring or into the clubhouse.
1: Well, he was supposed to be following a separate protocol, anyways. He had a separate. Okay. He was in a separate locker room, I think, because he was in the the contract contact tracing protocol, whatnot. But, um, but yeah, I was. So if that's the case, then don't let him shake hands with people. He was shaking hands with people on the 18th green then – and the guy and the health official, even I'm assuming he was vaccinated, but he comes up and t- pats him on the back and whatnot to tell him know, he's COVID yeah. positive. It's it's just it's all confusing for people, man. Like this is a very confusing time for everyone with a lot of information out there that only a, per- a percentage of it is accurate, and like it's just like really hard to marry all these things for everyone taking this in and
2: and the fact that he had a fucking six shot lead. Oh my god, like, that's that's the thing that's crazy to me. Is like it, it's not like he was tied for the lead or one up or two up. He was. He was up six shots and like playing some of the best golf we've ever seen him play.
1: If this was the cat, would they? have How would this have played out? Cat's got a six-shot lead. He's been in contact tracing the whole week. He's not vaccinated. How would they have played this out?
2: I mean, the same way they've handled all of his drug testing for the last. There's, there's 10 no years. way they bring yeah. him off the course. Burry
0: no. it, bury it, bury it. The, bury we'd it. find Somehow out he, Monday. You right? know, he, he, yeah, he tests positive on Tuesday or Wednesday. I'll say, you know, all the, all these guys with some strong opinions, like, why don't, you know, it'd be cool if these guys all chipped Rom off like 1.6 million proportionately, you know, <laughs> like like and put a big portion of his winning check. Jimmy and like Walker that'd, that'd be,
2: finished be, T6. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah.
0: Like, that'd be, that'd be cool. Why don't you guys recognize who you think won the tournament? Nothing stopping them from doing that.
1: Uh yeah, and so Rahm is in isolation, won't be able to show up till Tor- to uh, to Torrey until Wednesday of that week. That's his, when his 10 days is
2: and up. And it's not like he has a good record at Torrey or anything, you know? <laughs> I mean, I
1: if I'm him, I do want to play God. a lot more golf than he's going to be able to play out there in terms of playing that course what you're used to and playing it in U.S. Open conditions. Yeah. But um, it's tough. It's, it's tough. It's... Uh, Again, like I said, it, it, it seems like a very preventable thing and I'll keep using the qualifier unless there's more to this that I I don't know of. I think we're gonna find out probably shortly this week where, you know, who the person was that he came in contact with and, and you know, it it uh it's just a very weird situation that
2: How were the? It was a lightning rod on Twitter. How were the the course changes? Did you like them? I didn't. I didn't watch enough of it. I don't think I did either. I mean, I watched. I had it kind of on in the
1: background. Um, It was just tough to do to watch all the golf this weekend. You know, for me personally, growing up, you know, five minutes from that course and going to that tournament every year. I I held the course in such high regard just because it was where I learned PGA Tour golf. It was you know mecca for me as a kid. I got to play maybe once a year uh, when I played high school golf. And now it looks very foreign to me, and I it I just feels I feel very disconnected from it. And I, I, it you know, it's a tournament that I've always I'm realizing more and more is makes so much sense when you're there. The shots look so difficult. You have great appreciation for the pros. You have great viewing angles. It is one of the best spectator courses, one of the best tournaments you can attend. And it just doesn't quite translate to TV. The more I get removed from it, so I hope to go to it next year just because I miss I miss going to the Memorial and and seeing people and, and you know hanging out at my hometown tournament but I don't know if it was just cuz I was distracted by the women's major but it just didn't didn't capture me this week. I think the changes are overall positive for I, the most part. I liked
2: 15. 15's way better. 16's better. That was 16 horrible. 16 still sucks. <laughs> it's uh, yeah, yeah. better. Yeah. Uh, 7 I like 17. Uh I like what they did there. I like what they did on the front nine with uh 1 uh 4 like there's there's some and 5. Like 5 I thought I thought 5 was probably the best of actually challenging these guys. I yeah, That was the intent of the, yeah. Um,
1: uh... Which, yeah, we can't lay one, by the way. We, we haven't mentioned that. But uh, apparently didn't change too much because he's won this tournament in the past. And uh, I, I, I wasn't really dialed in, though. I got to admit to, like, the matchup just because it was, like I said, concluding at the same time the women's major was. How
2: did, how did Morikawa putt? Putted well, I, well this was, week. He was making a lot of putts. I saw he missed a four-footer.
1: Uh, he was sixth in strokes game putting this week. Um, it's tough to critique the putting, which I, yeah. I was just suggesting. I think you should try a new putter every week. It's the, like a it's the stranger endless honeymoon period. Just a new one every week. Uh, you can just keep catching these, you know, lightning putting weeks in a bottle.
2: That's what I'm doing right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lefty, righty, cross-handed. I putted my ass off at at uh, Sand Valley this week after having probably 40 something putts the week prior. So um, that's that's the ticket, man. Uh yeah I mean I think Morikawa you've got Scotty Scheffler finished two back with a shank today mm, that was a bad shank mm. that was tough uh some juicy rough out there um, which contribute
1: like watching two tournaments with thick juicy rough like wore me out like, yeah. it's just where some of these shots come to rest and the, the the like the the next shot being dictated exactly how you should play it uh I, that's that just kind of wears me out eventually but P, uh,
2: P finished solo fifth you you starting to get worried he's gonna play himself onto the not on points, the, uh, no. I'm not cup too team? worried about that. I mean, he, he notches a win or two down the stretch Maybe.
1: Here. Yeah, if he probably deserves it if he does that. um, I know the tournament's called the Memorial Tournament, and it's right after Memorial Day. Remember how fun this tournament was in July last year? Yeah. It got firm. There wasn't the spring rainstorms that happen pretty much every year. There wasn't the every cotton. year. The cotton, whatever those, cottonwood, uh, whatever those white fuzzy things that fly around in the air everywhere. It's a tough time of year to, be, to having a golf tournament. There's plenty of data that supports that. I love this. In
0: the I summer. wish, I I wish I I didn't. Guys, I didn't watch. I think I watched maybe two shots. W- were the cicadas a big thing though? Because oh, I am telling yeah. you, having just got back from Cincinnati yeah. and Rude been around the Midwest, they are bucking.
1: It was it, unbelievable. It, it was like haunting for that to be, like be the mark that signified seventeen years since my high school graduation. Because they my were
2: graduation uh, and going yeah. to college that whole summer, The whole summer, yeah.
1: the whole summer. They were just bucking their heads and they actually, they showed a highlight from, I, I didn't say what year it was on, on Twitter. They had a tiger highlight playing. i clicked it. And I heard the cicadas. I was like, Oh, that's a 2004 highlight. There it <laughs> is right there. But yeah,
2: it's certain parts of the course. It was like actually pretty annoying to watch. Um, I, I think going back to last year, I struggled to differentiate the work day and the Memorial. It was like one, two week tournament to me, right? Which, which one the, did more? The, one, in the first went, Yeah. yeah. They're the same. It's it's like Zoolander. It's the same look. It's the same thing. <laughs> but the fact that they could kind of kill the greens off and do whatever yeah. they wanted that second week was, that contributed
1: to the firmness. Yeah. But like they, the those greens could have survived. You know, it can get firmer out there, and it just always rains this week. And that course is going to play a pillow soft when it rains. But uh, they did move the tee up on one of days on fourteen, which they don't usually do at the Memorial. They did it the workday last year, and, as
2: as reported first on the. Uh, on the NLU Crash Course Pod, yes, uh, we had uh, the superintendent and uh, general manager of uh, both those guys on that Crash Course Pod. and They mentioned that they said, "Yeah, we're excited about it. We're gonna kind of give some new looks to these guys this year," which full support of. And some guys
1: went for a lot of guys went for it, and you know, it's it's a true that is a true risk reward shot, and I'm not positive that the right move is to go for the green leash. Knocked it on there and made eagle, which was sweet, but. Uh, yeah it's it it makes that hole way more interesting otherwise it's, everyone's hitting like the same exact shot yeah
2: it's a great great hole uh, I mean that's one that I'll always recall fondly from watching and playing um I'll so- always
0: remember they used to have a uh volunteer there who overzealous volunteer yeah (laughs) yeah like no other volunteer i've come across (laughs) since your village has up
1: has plenty of overzealous volunteers behind
0: the green on 14. yeah just
2: patrolling the hillside
1: in the walkway
2: kind of over to the left a little bit right yeah yeah yeah
1: Yeah. i'm sure we got more to get made some various nuggets from the week uh before we do that and of course we got to talk brooks bryson I uh, want to give a shout out to our friends at Soto. You guys have heard us talk a lot about this mobile launch monitor. Fits right on our golf bag. You don't even have to think about bringing it to the course. I carry it with me at all times. You know, if things maybe aren't going right and I need a practice session after a round, whip the thing out in two seconds and press a button and connect it to your phone. Launch a practice session and you can get your numbers dialed. You can figure out what your launch angle is. You can figure out if you're working on speed like I am. You can kind of figure out if your speed is actually going up. You can measure it week by week the numbers it spits out are incredibly accurate they're within 2% of a $20,000 unit and these things cost $500 and actually if you go to slash nlu and use promo code nlu you get 50 bucks off you're not there's nothing else that i'm aware of out there that's this accurate for that kind of price range $450 where you're going to be able to get launch monitor data it just doesn't exist
2: it makes practicing legitimately more fun
1: At 100% it makes way instead of just like banging 57 irons like actually measuring this stuff uh, the, the app automatically tracks your stats and it stores video with shot tracer. It helps the club gapping uh, and understanding true distances for each club. It provides immediate feedback and data. And a, a, the video is super helpful too to just see exactly what you did on the swing. It's portable. Again, about the size of a rangefinder. can use it indoor or outdoor. So rapsodo.com slash NLU. Use promo code NLU for $50 off. Uh, do this now, get on this now. Cause I'm not, I'm not positive how long this, uh, this deal is going to last, but get on it as, as you're listening to this rapsodo.com slash NLU.
0: Uh, all right, Brooks Bryson. All right, guys, I need you to explain this all to me as uh, like, I just don't know what's going on. Can you, can you explain <laughs> it to me?
1: Gosh, where do we start? I mean, you're at least caught up to date as, as to as what
0: happened last week with the PGA Championship video, right? I know the meme. Yeah, Brooks with the interview and Bryson walks behind him. So I'm, I'm good from there. But like what specifically was going on this week? So here's what happens. Uh, Brooks. So in, in that happening,
1: the, the, the match was announced. The match 4.0 was announced and Bryson is pairing up with Aaron Rodgers. Brooks tweets out, sorry, bro, at Aaron Rodgers on Twitter. And everyone goes nuts. And Bryson replies, uh, it's nice living rent-free in your head, which is like the most Bryson trash talk ever. (laughs) Brooks replies with a Snapchat video from someone in the crowd at Kiowa. Um, Bryson hits a shot and somebody yells, nice shot, Brooksy! And Bryson does the exact wrong thing you should do in this scenario, turns around and says, Whoever's saying Brooksy needs to get out of here. And of course, like that's just going to encourage more people to do it. In fact, the Part in My Take podcast put a call out for listeners to say this to Bryson during tournaments. So of course, this happens on Friday uh, on repeat. Bryson seems very well prepared for it, and that there were police following the group. I don't know if they were there from the first hole. And it is reported, widely reported, that they are removing anyone from the grounds that yells out Brooksy at Bryson after any shot which couldn't no one in this scenario is playing this right. Bryson is doing the exact wrong thing you should do. I don't know why the tour is like letting Bryson do this. I don't know what the policy so, is there. So is it
2: coming down straight from Bryson?
1: I assume it's coming from his team of some kind like Bryson tried to play it cool like oh yeah, no I'm flattered by it. Like it's totally cool. I'm totally cool with it when obviously <laughs> that's not the case. Like it is not me- measuring up at all. And then after the round, Brooks tweets out a video and says, Hey, guys, it's Brooksy. And says, you know, I heard some of you got your day cut short at the golf tournament today. So Michelob Ultra wants to provide, you know, if you got kicked out, DM them and we'll provide you with a free case of beer.
2: Which, mind you, is the official beer of the PGA Tour. Correct.
1: So Brooks turns this kind of taunting thing going on at Bryson into an activation with Ultra." and that's 2021 yes love
0: a good activation
1: so this is where it's complicated and like my immediate reaction to it you know i was kind of like man i kind of need some time to process this but like man this feels kind of gross like just encouraging heckling of another player one and two getting a brand involved with it i'm (laughs) like brooks i kind (laughs) of thought you were like the cool guy here and this is i don't know And a lot of people did not agree with that on Twitter. I'm not surprised. Uh, There is a vocal group of people that just worship the ground that Brooks walks on. And I think that there's a line to be drawn somewhere in this. I think everyone can agree on that. And at minimum, I would say that this gets close to the line, and I believe that I'm leaning that this is probably over the line. I think
2: two things are interesting with Brooks. One, that last week or a couple weeks ago at the PGA Championship, he he was – Bitching after the final round about, it, you know, somebody almost took out my knee. He did da, not da, care da, da, da. for the
1: fans at that point.
2: Yeah, and and so, and then be like, yo, the fans are back in a big way. And I think <laughs> Bryson would have been, you know, over the last year, year and a half, Bryson and, and Reed have been totally let off the hook by not having fans. Yes. Right? Because they're both, I mean, like, I'm in, so, Sally, I totally, I agree with and understand what you're saying. But at the end of the day, I'm firmly in the, like, fuck Bryson at all costs. Like, that guy sucks. He's brought all this on himself.
1: And I'm okay with the natural element of that happening and fans reaching their own conclusion on that and, like, deriding him. And, like, the the Reed thing happening in Australia and the President's Cup and the shovel thing and all that, like, that was natural. Like, that was a natural fan reaction. Nobody told them to do that. Like, that was, you know, their reaction to what they witnessed on television out of Reed. And if fans had gotten there on their own, like... I'd feel better about another player like rallying a group of people to do this in a competition, right? And there are a couple of reports from Bryson that this happened once or twice during backswings or before shots, and like, all right, even if we're saying this is, you know, I don't think there's a real, a real a realistic situation where we can call on this to happen from fans and it be totally limited to to after the shot. Like some well, asshole is going to always want to up the ante.
2: And in the context For of sure. now, now you have you have live betting. Like all these like where is this gonna worms, stop right? and i
1: i get like the a lot of people chiming in like this is what you guys wanted like you wanted chaos and all that and i'm like i get where you kind of can it can look like i'm talking out of both sides of my mouth and maybe i am but we all have to agree that there is a line with it somewhere right if brooks and and bryson get knives out and start sword fighting in the fairway we agree that's over the line right
2: well i i just think as it's, entertaining as that would be I, I just think at some point brooks needs to stop being kind of passive aggressive and just. Just come out and say, like, yo, I don't, like, supposedly he was the one that leaked the video. Yes. And, you know, it, it just seems like he's, like, you know, you know, totally dancing around this. Just come out and say, like, yo, I don't like this dude. I think he's a tool. Da-da-da-da. Instead of, you know, instead of just dancing around the issue. My big thing with Brooks is it, all this just feels like he's trying to get the pip money. Yes. And he's trying, I guarantee you that these two guys play and the match, whatever the match, six or seven this fall, it'll be Bryson versus Brooks, and that'll like that'll be something. And they're trying to juice the payout for that. I right? I don't
1: I I think that it's that it's a very real rivalry, and this they're not like in on this together. Like I I hope we end up with something like that, but I don't think that this was born out of that. You know what I mean? I, somebody's going to capitalize off this at some point, but I think this is a very real thing, and I think it. I don't know. It just, it, where I'm at, you know, in competition, another player rallying people to do that. It's like, it's like outsourcing his fight. Like, yeah. it was kind of fun when you were dunking on him online. It was one-liners and all this. But, like, gosh, I just, I don't, I don't like it where, like, Brooks is so punching down in this. Like, he's winning 99-1, to 1, and he's up here just, like, punching down on repeat, and I I don't, it's not going to stop. Like if that kind of stuff is encouraged, then it's only going to get worse. And I just think that, I don't know. I got it. I just, just didn't sit great with me. I didn't think that was cool.
2: I got to say too, I think that the, um, the people who said like, this is bullying, like Brandel came out and said, this is bullying. I thought that was bullshit though, too. Right. Like they're calling the guy, they're calling the guy Brooksie. I mean, yeah, but it's, it's
1: clearly something that annoys him. And like that, I, bullying is like too strong of a word for like what real and actual bullying is and the consequences of that. I yeah. agree, but it's in the same vein.
2: I mean, this is a guy that, that made a, what a four minute video of, of himself, like frying bacon and working out in it his br- home gym I, and I, all that.
1: Bro, Bryson gives us so many reasons to make fun of him. I just like, I really think there's a difference between doing it in competition and, you know, even even face to face afterward of some kind is a very different situation than in competition. Is that fair, Randy? What do you where
0: are you, Where are you netting out here? Yeah, I think I this is great. I appreciate you know you guys <laughs> bringing me up to speed. Uh, <laughs> I, I it's so a few things. I, I've long you know wanted to lean into villains and heels, and I think what makes me anxious and and you guys have said it. it like I just want some genuine bitterness or or hatred or animosity. Like that's what I want. When when it so quickly turns to brand activations and you oh. kind of see behind the curtain, that that's when it's it almost makes it even worse than just be class acts, right? Like yeah. I, I don't want fake staged doing it for the pip uh, shenanigans. That's that's the worst of the worst. So I guess a little disappointing from there because I think last week there was genuine giddiness on my part, like, yo, these guys like don't like each other. And that's a lot of fun. And I'm uh, there with you too. It, yeah. If it's kind of a ruse, then I'm, I'm a bit out on that. Uh, yeah, you know, I think it kind of makes a mockery of actual issue of bullying to, to attach that to what's going on here. I, you know, Bryson can certainly handle his business and, um, you know, if you do certain things, you got to expect to take a little bit of ribbing. So I, 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 I'm with you on that TC. I, I think that's a bit misplaced. Going back to Brooks, but too, Brooks
2: always wants to be considered a, a real athlete. You yeah. know, real like, yo, like guys in the NFL or guys in in <laughs> NHL, like they fight, yeah, right? Or they yeah. they talk shit and yeah. they and they say, yeah, I just straight up don't like that guy. They don't, I, don't I, rally and incentivize
1: it, the crowd to do the fighting on their behalf. It, like you just it, like
0: it, that's so true.
1: You're bringing him into like a, a space where he can't even like fight. Like, any reaction he has, he has to like that's just putting him in a really tough spot. And I, I hate being the one like to defend Bryson because I'm not a Bryson fan. I appreciate all the content he gives us. Again, he's a he's a he's a chode for lack of a better words in so many ways. <laughs> Perfect we, word. We'll continue to make fun of him for a lot of things, but like, it, I I just again, I, I Randy, are you with me on that? Like doing this in competition and, and rallying other people to have your fight is is where
0: it's very fair to draw the line. And would you would you draw the line there? yeah it's it's a bridge to like i don't know if that makes me and us sound like fuddy-duddy old school like keepers of the game that's fine but that's uh, like you said tron like if you guys have a problem with each other talk about it outside the locker room and and maybe exchange some some blows um but whatever they're doing here is is not let me not for me let me ask you guys
1: something how long has Baba Booey been in our lives on the golf course? Too long. I like mean, this that was started as a ruse from Stern. Like that as like hey, we're sending our people out there to go yell this at golf yeah. tournaments and it's stuck around for two decades. Like this is not dissimilar to that. Like if if this doesn't stop, like it's just going to get yelled at him for however many years. If if it continues to be encouraged. Like that's not fun. It's going to be mashed potatoes guy getting the whole guy. Does anybody like that
2: guy? Uh, I will say I think that at the very end of the US women's <laughs> open today, somebody yelled Flavortown. Yeah, that's been, <laughs> just that's That's a funny one. Homage to our man Guy Fieri, uh, which, which I actually was, laughed at. I believe at. it
0: was on, yeah, I believe it was on Lexi's horrendously short putt on 18. <laughs> <laughs> somebody yelled Flavortown, which we've
1: been consistent with this in the past. That a good post funny post shot unique yell is something that we'll celebrate,
2: something that's not recycled, yeah, it's, it's unique,
1: yes. Yeah. So uh, I thought Eamon Lynch summed it up great. I got a couple quotes from his article. He said, there's many valid reasons. Again, like, not. To, I'm not defending Bro- uh, Bryson too much here. Like, Bryson is to blame, one, for just, like, feeding into this. Being Two, yeah, and, and he says, there's many val- val- valid reasons to show loudmouths the door at a golf tournament, but the sin of calling someone Brooksy ain't among them. I agree. Tuning out hecklers is a basic requirement for any professional athlete. Perhaps realizing that no one likes a whiny snitch, DeChambeau attempted to defuse things after his round, saying the name-calling was flattering, but his inability to ignore the taunts is just likely to draw more. All in agreement there. He also says, This is sport for Kepka and he's damned good at it, but his free beer for Boar stunt crosses the line from entertaining fans to enlisting them as co-conspirators. He must know the effect will be to incite more heckling of a fellow competitor, and that's a dangerous game to play these days. Ask Trey Young, who was spit on by a fan, or Russell Westbrook, who had popcorn dumped on him, or Kyrie Irving, whose head was the target of a tossed water bottle. There's a cancer medicizing an American sport of people who believe that buying a ticket to, makes them an actor in the action, not merely a spectator to it. Of course, he's not saying this happening is comparable to, you know, somebody spitting on a, on a player, but, like, that's... that's What he's saying here is there's a a path that this leads to where that becomes more likely reality then putting a stop
0: to it. Is that fair? I think that's very fair and I would just say uh, there are certain spots on a golf course, really a lot of spots on a golf course where those guys are more vulnerable than you know, NBA, MLB, NFL players who are a little bit vulnerable themselves, but uh, you know, we've all been to golf tournaments if if somebody has too many beers and, and takes it over the line and, and something happens. Like it's, I, I agree with Eamon. It's, it's asking for trouble.
1: Uh, 2016 Ryder cup. I, I, what the things that were yelled at that European team, like made me uncomfortable. Like it's a real, if the, if golf tournaments start turning into that, like I am out on that environment. I mean, people just going in Rory's face, suck my dick, Rory. Like it was uncomfortable. And like, that is okay. that makes me a curmudgeon when it comes to the game of golf, so out on that. That is not. That's not fun. And here's where. All right. So here's where Brooks like really starts to lose it. How he tries to like have his cake and eat it too. He says, "I never." He says this to Eamon Lynch. I never condone anyone being a distraction during someone's swing or when they're about to hit. As professionals, we do enjoy fans getting engaged at the appropriate times. It's part of sport and competition. Hecklers are always going to be part of any live performance. We all know that they're out there. We all get called different names. I've been called DJ many times, even when I was slipping at Beth Page. Uh, it's part of it. He's, he even said he considers it flattering. It's like, that's just such bullshit right there. Like, You know he doesn't consider it flattering. He's trying to put the toothpaste back in the tube. And then he says, with the Mick Ultras, I wanted fans to know I saw what was going on, and I appreciate the fans who care about golf. It's great to see fans out there loving it, having, a, having fun after a year of no one. I'm not condoning disrespectful or inappropriate behavior. I'm engaging in helping grow the game of golf and grow growing the, game, the tour. Baby. I'm here for people being engaged and excited about golf. As long as it doesn't cross the line.
2: I would, I would put this directly at the feet of our friend, Joe, Arcury, the mastermind behind the live under par campaign. Right. Or <laughs> it's, you know, that's, this is, this is straight out of the live under par playbook.
1: Yeah. So I, that, that's just, falling back on grow the game is again, where I'm like, why is this being celebrated as a cool move? Like it was, it was fun, dude. When you were taunting, you know, when Bryson made fun of your abs and you said, yeah, I'm two trophies short of a six pack. Like that's a great taunt. Like that's funny. Like the steroid, the steroid GIF after he won last summer, like that's pretty funny. Maybe pretty borderline close to the line, but pretty funny. But no, that was, that was well within the line. (laughs) But That's great. but again, that I, I've made the point many times now. Draw, rallying the fans like that's that's just cheap. Like that, uh, there's a reason why no one has done that in golf like history. How ever. about the
2: fact that he wasn't even playing this week? Yeah, <laughs> like we talked about Brooks all week, and he wasn't even in the field.
1: Yeah. Um, so R three H four B twenty twenty five. Come on, we need some better handles to send in questions. Do you think the PGA should step in on the Brooks and Bryson feud?
2: I mean, I'm sure they've already done so behind closed doors, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm sure somebody at Mick Ultra got a phone call on Friday night, right? Yeah. <sighs> yeah. I I don't know. It's kind of like Bryson is put in a unenviable position of like no matter what he does here, it's going to probably make things worse. So he just has to like weather the storm out on this and, you know, I don't know. It, it just went from from fun to it's still like relatively harmless, but like I don't know. I, it's not going to end well. I really don't think it's going to end well. If a, if a golf tournament gets, if we get to the point where people are screaming in people's backswings when millions of dollars are on the line, and a lot of people are betting on this stuff, like I'm out on that.
2: I agree, totally. I uh, you know I think lost in in this is you know or I guess going back to the original point is what's uh, I think these are two guys that desperately need the money too, right? Like they spend, want the money. They spend the, They have an appetite for the money. Like they spend. They're trying to leverage their brands, their personas for this more than more than some of the other guys out there.
1: I would agree with that. I, I don't know how badly they need it, but I know that they both one especially one of them loves showing off the, the amount in their bank account, and one of them the other one loves spending money, maybe to his detriment. <laughs> exactly. You can probably figure that out on your own. But
2: other other notes from the tournament. Um, Ricky gets inside the top 125, Randy. Mm. Finishes uh, taste roll, it. Finishes t 70, up to one ten in Some the FedEx Cup. Yeah. Some signs of life. signs of life. Is he into the Could... into the U.S. Open or no? Or tomorrow? Did he get his? No,
0: he's, he's playing tomorrow.
2: Golf's longest day. I yeah. can't
0: keep his special exemptions. <laughs> he got it. What what exemption did he get earlier? Was P- that for PGA. the PGA? Yeah.
2: yeah. Mm. Uh, okay. I, yeah, I think if Ricky gets in, I think Ricky and Finau are both both threats at. Uh, at Tory, which you know, we can debate the merits of Tory and that. and whether this is an actual U.S. Open or not. Um, you know, but and then uh, I'm trying to think who else kind of you know who else is back. Justine is back. Oh,
0: <laughs> we almost forgot yeah, about this. TC. Yeah, middle... TC invoked her. TC was she like hadn't... went into the bathroom and said Bloody Mary three times. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> she hadn't. Uh, she hadn't been in, involved in the scene since. Since for about four or five months,
1: I don't think since the incident where she accidentally, you know, tweeted the wrong on the wrong account and the, the fateful day at Farmers.
2: Yeah, I went after um, Cast is it Castor or Castore? Yeah, the apparel company that partnered. I'm not sure if they're still partnered with with P, um, but they they did a whole big thing. He was plastered all over the website. He's no longer... He wasn't wearing... He was wearing his old store-bought G4 stuff that he self-embroidered and everything this week, not wearing the Castore stuff. I called into question. I said, hey, did they finally vet this or what? Because I think their <laughs> only other guy is Olsson, Olison as well. And... Uh, she she did not take kindly to that. Called me called me tro- said, tro- your troll. Your name
1: your name should just be troll, not tron. <laughs> ha ha ha. ha. Anyhow, <laughs> Castor is just coming out with their golf line. Geez, give people a break or get a life. Why do you care what P Reed wears anyway? Jealous much? Roll P <laughs> Reed roll.
2: Troll. You yeah, know what's roll troll, P Reed T-C, roll. <laughs> uh and and then and then she she replied to my follow-up tweet with the exact same thing. Oh,
1: it is a is. Copy-paste. I see that And this now. was
2: at 3 a.m. Eastern. So, I mean, mm. this is, you know, I feel like she's, she, she might be slipping a little bit or this is the mother-in-law. Um, mm. It's not, it's not, that would be interesting. it's not Jay. It's, uh, it's Janet.
1: Oh my God. I didn't even see where she, uh, she, she, big she comes in to defend Torbjorn Olsen. Yeah. Where, you know, somebody says, take a wild guess and uh, say that they, uh, they don't do their research because Torbjorn Olson famously uh, I believe it was some sort of harassment of somebody on a plane when he was overserved. She said, "Talk about ignorance! Who would overserve someone alcohol at forty thousand feet in the air, or overserve anyone? Period. Do your research. Alcohol at forty k altitude can be a dangerous combination for anyone. I don't make excuses, but this is my opinion based on uh, physiology and science.
2: <laughs> Does she realize how like pressurization of of of, of aircraft works?
1: I do, does not appear well she under I don't know if that was factored in the physiology and science okay. I can't really tell but the tweet just cuts off there
2: uh yeah and then yeah she's uh, back Randy incidentally this Castor company they also outfit uh, mcLaren f1 team and then mm. like, I guess a couple of uh, English Premier League clubs and there's there's been a whole big kerfuffle mm. that they they haven't been able to get them the uniforms on time mm. so
0: hate that. hate that I'll have to talk to my guys background see to see you know what they're doing at McLaren.
1: A um, couple other nuggets I had from the week. Hideki, uh, unfortunately, the Hideki putting match is back. Uh, his day on Saturday, he lost 6.874 shots on the greens. Uh, on 17 of the 18, he, he gained strokes putting on one of 18 holes, um, which, listen, tough. I don't need to tell you guys, that's not good. Uh, JT was second worst in strokes game putting. That also not good mm. as we go two weeks. How much time
2: did, uh, did did Jack spend in the booth? honestly weekend. don't
1: know I was on mute almost the entire into- honestly the only time I had the sound on was when the ROM thing happened it was total luck but I had my sound on US Women's Open the whole time
2: I'd love a love it an astute listener to fill us in on that uh tough day for Harry Higgs today what happened there? shot 84 Ooh, today I Saw that. uh 42 42 just yeah, sprinkled a couple birdies in there too but just a lot of a lot of multi squares yeah. on the card uh-
0: I just want to say 42, 42 is literally aspirational goal for me. That's, that's like my goal. Every time I go out,
2: it means you're not grinding too hard, but you're not getting your ass kicked. I I
0: hate 85 for whatever reason. I hate the number 85. So it's always like, if I can get 84 better, that's a great day for me.
2: Talking about the actual golf Bryson, uh, just a kind of a non or week for him. 71, 72, 73, 71 minus one for the week. Um, T eighteen. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Same with Spieth. I mean, that, Spieth was T eighteen as
1: well. Bryson was not an auto T eighteen in a in a mediocre week before he added yeah. this distance. He was number one in strokes. He was number five in strokes getting off the tee and hit a, hit a ball OB this week. Like again, it, a lot of people are, are still online just like ripping it. And every time he hits a crazy drive, it's like, oh, he made four. It's like, yeah, you're not really seeing what he's able to do. And the the his ability to raise this floor here is commendable and noteworthy. So, yeah,
2: I, mean, I think it's. It's it's pretty interesting. There's only there's twenty-five guys under par this week out of, you know, most of the field was over par. Uh, and then yeah, just a couple shout-outs, uh for Sahith uh Thigala. Uh should have been at Pepperdine still, right? It should at, be in college, yeah. yeah. And they won they won the national championship this week. Uh, made made cut for him. Congrats to him. Ty, uh Tyler Strafaci also made the cut this week as well. So uh couple of you know newly minted pros coming out and, and playing well.
1: T six for our guy Max. Made a boatload of cash. This is a big, big money event, three hundred thirteen thousand dollars there. So uh didn't have his best Sunday, but the guy's still top 10-ing while not having his best Sunday. We like that.
2: He's a ball striking Jesse.
1: I think that's about the end of my golf. Uh, we of course have some Formula One to discuss. Any other golf stuff before we
2: wrap? That Steven Yeager lost in a playoff today Again. on the Corn Ferry Tour. Unbelievable. Uh, guess how much money he's made. I don't even think this counts. Is he gonna?
1: Is he gonna qualify for the FedEx Cup playoffs on the on uh, based on just on
2: money made on the Corn Ferry Tour? It's crazy. He has made. Uh, I don't even know if this counts. This week, uh, he's made six hundred and one thousand dollars on Jeez. the Corn Ferry Tour. This like this. You know, super season, or whatnot. But Mito Pereira, uh, I believe that was his what, second win of the year. Um, he's how much? Was, what was the money strong. amount?
1: 600, 600K, hundred K, I think. Six hundred K. That yeah. would put him at
2: 129th on the PGA Tour money list for the year. <laughs> right, right behind Ricky. Huh. so uh, and then elsewhere, uh, I don't know. I saw Ma- Maverick Antcliffe was was playing well on the Euro Tour. I didn't. Uh, Is it a weird schedule there? I,
1: I, too much going on. Was not on the European tour this week. So I think only threw two rounds or something like that. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. Round three starts tomorrow. So
2: nice Monday, Tuesday golf.
1: Maybe it's. It might be a three-round tournament. Where
2: are they? The Porsche Porsche European Open. Porsche European Open. Open. That's exactly right. Uh, and then we've got Congaree this week. Um, Which, yeah,
1: we should m- get this in now. We are not going to have a tournament recap next week. Uh, we got an event out of Gearhart in Oregon that many of us are going to be at. We're not going to be able to watch enough golf to opine on it. Please, Bryson and Brooks, just put it all off for one week. Uh, we'll have plenty of U.S. Open content rolling uh, into that week. Of Brooks course. is playing.
2: Bryson's not. DJ's in the field. Pretty weak field otherwise. Otherwise,
1: we, but we're going to miss the majority is, of that is event. Is Phil
2: playing? I don't think he is. I'm not it's, sure. It's just mm-hmm. tough because it's – it's an East Coast tournament. coast. To coast. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the week before the U.S. Open. A lot of guys you know, qualifying in – in, uh, which is interesting. A lot of the guys that are trying to qualify in Ohio and um, I'm not sure what other qualifier – because they used to have the Memphis qualifier. I'm not sure what other qualifiers have kind of popped up. Bears clubs this tomorrow. Year. Oh, it's Bears. Okay. Um, um, like a lot of those guys are probably in the field this week. But, yeah, I don't know. And actually, you know what? Props to Golf Channel. I will say I'm excited for tomorrow. I always love watching – they're bringing now that they've got the U.S. Open back. They're bringing back the um, golf's longest day, all the coverage of all the sectional qualifying tomorrow, which is always fun and interesting.
1: And hopefully, you liked watching you know women's major this week. If you're if you're new to that game, there's going to be another one coming up in a couple of weeks. KPMG Women's PGA will be there for the majority of that week.
2: Um, and there's there's prime time LPGA on this week. That's right. From uh, Lake, Lake Merced. Merced, they're on seven to ten. Uh, six to nine on Thursday and Friday, East Coast. Seven to ten, East Coast. Saturday, Sunday. So prime time finish that, that we didn't get this week.
1: Uh, you guys ready for Formula One?
0: Of course, guys. I I haven't seen it. I taped it. Oh my god. I, I'm gonna be of I'm gonna be of no help. I almost want to like hang up so I don't. Well, as always, you
1: know. you know, if you're listening to this, we are done with the golf portion of this, and if you don't want to hear the F1 part, you are welcome to flip over to a different podcast, but.
0: Yeah. So, do you want to do you want to sign off, Randy, and we could talk about it? No. Sincerely, I did have not watched it, and I have it taped on my television. Okay. I I will have nothing to add, and I kind of want to watch it and not hear all this. Go watch (laughs) it. Have you been on our Formula One Slack at all this week? No, I've been avoiding it intentionally. Okay. Which is so nice that there's a separate channel where I can keep that cordoned off. People are gonna dog us for having a
2: Slack, but we're we're a real company now. We are a real company now.
0: Exactly uh well guys this was this was such a
1: treat it was a nice talk thank you randy thank you very much and uh thanks for all your coverage of the women's women's open this week all right see you guys see you bud um all right so that leaves (laughs) i didn't i hope i didn't spoil it with what i have in the agenda here uh you didn't watch it live this morning
2: either. i didn't i watched i slept in and I, i woke up and i said shit it's i was like where are they Shit, it's Azerbaijan. I really wanted to watch that race, but I've got them all set to auto record. And then uh, Alex went and got her nails done, and I convinced Freddie to watch the race with me, which the red was cars fantastic. Didn't do very good though. He loves no, he the red was cars. Okay.
1: Yeah. Uh, Max Verstappen huge lead uh, going down, he, following a safety car, still stretches out his lead. And this is after Lance Stroll just completely blows out a tire, uh, just unprovoked on a straight same like again i'm not, i haven't followed the sport very long i haven't i'm yet to see a leader just totally have a car blow up like a, a tire blow up on him to cost him a race it, like that
2: it was a tough day for uh, Pirelli.
1: They're, well, no, no, no. Pirelli said it wasn't their fault. It was a puncture. <laughs> clear, it clear. was after Stroll. After uh, Stroll's tire explodes, they they one of the commentators tracks down the Pirelli spokesman and is like, "Hey, are you worried about these tires at all?" <laughs> and the manufacturer of the tire that exploded said, "No, we're not worried about it." Which, yeah, gosh, I couldn't see that one. It, well,
2: it was the same same part of the track
1: too. Same right? ish part of the track, I think, and same tire the the rear left tire, yeah. just in a, in a spot that you know it wasn't like it wasn't a well maintained tire. They claim there was a puncture of some kind that caused it to do that. There's no debris out doesn't there. Seem, that doesn't seem to add up. And it was just freaking just a heartbreaker for anyone that roots for Max. Um, red flagged the race with only three laps to go, which is also pretty unprecedented. I've never seen yeah. that. And then I guess the formation lap for when they get ready after red flag it counts as a lap. So then they're two, two starting laps. from a dead start. Uh, two laps with uh, Sergio Perez was on. Was on pole, right? He was on. He was in first. Yeah, he was in first. Hamilton in second. Go,
2: going into the restart. Yeah, yeah.
1: And it kind of looked like coming off the line that Hamilton was going to take uh, take Perez, but it turns out I don't know if you saw this. Hamilton accidentally flipped a switch, like a brake switch. Oh, was that what happened? Yeah.
2: Then? Like I, I saw his tweet afterwards, and I just figured he he just locked up at the wrong. No, moment. No, he like whatnot. accidentally hit a magic brake switch or something <laughs> like that. Like it was
1: total his fault. He owned the he owned the mistake uh, and just. Just veered right off off the track, no points. I've never seen him finish this. Either like doesn't finish a race or he wins. Mazapin finished in front of me. I know about that? Progress for my team. Um, but I was just that was a wild, wild race. Pierre Gasly uh got on the podium, finished third. Sebastian Vettel finished second. It reminded me a little bit of Monza last year, just like total mayhem.
2: Gasly podium. was was he had a good good uh qualifying week. Uh he was only like two one thousandths off of Max, I think. Um, my, my beautiful boy, Yuki, uh, he was still bitchy on the radio this week, but finished seventh. The, the, the thing that stuck out to me was just in the after highlights, um, uh, uh, Botas just absolutely like letting people pass him for, I mean, I think he lost five or six spots in, in like a, like a, you know lap and a half just very lackadaisical driving just totally mailing it in uh and then you know the war of the, the war of words between Horner and mm-hmm. uh, Horn, uh, uh Horner and Toto is is really ramping up as oh, well
1: yeah. could Toto call him a windbag who just likes to be on TV It's
2: like man it's tough
1: for both your drivers not finishing the points after calling out the the guy that won the race um well
2: I mean Checo Checo's one of his uh that's what I'm saying oh, oh, Toto yeah. calling oh, Toto. out Horner oh, yeah, yeah.
1: That was a a, a tough look because Red Bull's got Mercedes on the run, and net net, it probably was uh, you know not a big effect on you know obviously Max and Hamilton got zero points today, so um, or I guess Max got his fastest lap point, but
2: it was big for the constructors. Big for yeah, that right? Red
1: Bull now is one seventy four, Mercedes one forty eight. Like that, that honestly feels like it's going to be a very real race. But Perez just getting involved at all. Is such a boost for Verstappen and something that he has missed. Yeah. Uh gosh, this is border on bordering on actual real F1 take. But it, it it like Max has been racing on his own ever since we've been into this sport, or I since I've been into this sport, and like watching how different it works out just having some protection, like I'm really starting to understand that and it it's significant and look makes Botas look even worse.
2: Yeah. Oh, he's a total fluffer. So are you are you gonna apologize for Albon?
1: Absolutely not. I was not an Albon guy. Why do you keep making – you just, like, were so unfair on Albon and just fluffing Perez for a very average start at you Red Bull. You and others on
2: Twitter have, have, no. have just sent me the, you know, the eyes. And then statistically, uh, you, you gave know, it, it's Sergio just your Perez bias. and Albon were, you know, Albon was a danger to himself and <laughs> others. Perez Albon some, stunk. And he was driving that – he was in their system for – a few years prior, whereas but he was not Perez spo- he should is, not have gotten promoted. It was a, going from from a yeah. vastly different car. Which was this the sixth race of the year? Because I forget,
1: I think it was uh, before the season. Perez said uh, it's going to take me five races to get used to the car, and in the sixth race, he wins. I mean, that track's we, sweet. They just need him to qualify better. He's so good yeah. once you get on the track. Like he, he's a dog. Yeah, he goes from ninth to fourth like all the freaking time. And if he's going to qualify well, then yeah, like I said, Red Bulls. It's a third race win for Red Bull. Mercedes has three, um, but the first one not by not won by Hamilton or Verstappen. And
2: I, I think Ferrari total disgrace by Ferrari this week. Uh, not you know not getting a podium and just signs. I don't know. I, I think signs is I'm I'm going to stick by it. I think signs is is a fluffer.
1: Leclaire just from being on pole to just being a total non-factor in the yeah, race. It is it was weird. It was tough look for Ferrari. Uh,
2: that's a, th- I think that's a race I want to go to at some point. It always looks fun. Like it's, I thought, you know, a couple of years ago, last time I saw it, it felt like kind of a novelty street course and they've got some weird <laughs> angles around that castle and stuff. And, but like the more I watch it, the more I'm like, no, there, there's actual passing and it's just a really wonky little track. There's like chaos. It. There's always yeah. chaos
1: on that track more so than, than Monica. What so. do we got
2: next? Uh France. Um,
1: yeah, that's in two weeks. Is that right? Or is it more than that? June 18th through 20th. That's
2: in two weeks. So, so that's yeah. US Open Week. So um and we've got two in Austria back to back. Fun. So uh and I saw uh uh Singapore got canceled. Yeah, unfortunately it did. But Hate there's some that. races in reserve,
1: I think, to, to okay. fill it in on the schedule. So. Hopefully
2: that hopefully the outer ring at uh um Ball rain. Yeah. Yeah. They need to put that back on.
1: I, I I don't know if that's on the schedule, but that would be a great ad if not. So all right. Let's wrap it at that. Uh crazy week in golf and in Formula One. Uh thanks everyone for sticking with us. And uh yeah, gosh, like I said, we're we'll have don't know what's gonna be up coming up Tuesday. Could be a variety of couple things. Uh and then we'll have a, a special topic-based episode next Sunday, which I think you will both learn and enjoy. Uh, next week. Start so,
2: started prepping for it today. I'm yeah, stoked. doing some homework for yeah. it. It's yeah. gonna be fun.
1: So, thanks everyone for tuning in. We'll see you next
2: time. Cheers. Go Hawks. Go Jazz. Go Suns. Be the right club. Be the right club today.
0: Johnny, yes. yeah, I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most.